Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Southside Agenda podcast with Charlie and Zidane. We are back after over a month break. Zidane, long vacation. And then I was just in San Francisco for the White Sox Giants series. Took a nice vacation there. Saw a sweep. Saw the first and third game. The 13-4 game was crazy. Zidane, how have you been? It's been way too long. We've been talking, but it's it's been too long since we did this podcast. It's been a long time, Charlie. Situation with the White Sox, sort of in the same place, just more games added on. Big stretch right now happening. Just finished up that twin series. Obviously, we got to talk about that amazing game today. And obviously, all of the White Sox baseball we've missed. It's the last one. But, hey, it's good to be back. It's good to be talking White Sox. And hopefully, they can go on a winning streak, get above 500, and get in the playoffs. We shall see, though. Charlie. Yeah. Wednesday, like- July 6th. Hold up. Before we go at, before we go into anything, this the game that we just witnessed was absurd. I mean, we got we got stuff planned and the, actually before I get into that, Zidon, what do we got planned for today? Charlie, we're going to top threes. Absolutely we've missed a lot and you can't talk about everything. We're going to summarize the I have my stuff, you have your stuff. They'll probably cross over really maybe some players, some topics to talk about, talk through. Then obviously, I think right after this, we're going to talk about today's game, which has a lot in it, was an amazing game. Game of the year, I guess you could argue. But Troy, how good was the game today? Yeah, I mean, it's 5.30 Wednesday, July 6th. And, wow, the game ended 20 minutes ago. Larry Garcia walk-off. And, listen, uh, you could say, like, you, we could we could easily talk about the bullpen that we had today for our team, how it was bad and how the Twins bullpen was bad, but I don't care. Eloy's back, first game back, and the hitting was good. So I want to focus on the positives because there's going to be too many negative things we're going to say in this podcast that I'll just we'll just save it till later. And listen, Eloy Jimenez won us this game. I mean – Obviously, you got other players doing their bit, but without Eloy Jimenez, we don't we don't win this game. It's simple. Eloy starts us off with our first home run in what seems like years. Every single time we hit a home run, it's been like we say felt like months since we hit a home run. But Eloy got us started, and he just kept going. I mean, two for five with three RBIs, and you know he 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 looks like he just came back, but you can you can see that there's flashes of that power obviously with the home run but you know some of his swings are a little okay we got to get back up to MLB speed here with you know McGill throwing 98 Duran throwing 102 but I mean you need we need power that's the only thing that's been lacking and we'll get into that more specifically but John Eloy is back how big is that it's huge for a line, you know, that struggles with outfield production, especially in left field. Manilo is not there, you know. They use a lot of guys, but it just doesn't really seem to work well. And when you're able to then have a guy like Eloy, Vaughn, Jose Abreu, all of those guys, you know, Luis, Timmy, these everyday players, but everyone in the same lineup continuously, it just adds that cohesion and adds obviously that power you have such good at three, four, five, where just hits absolute bombs. It's great to have that in. And with Eloy, 
it really changes that, you know, dynamic of the lineup. Obviously, defensively, we'll see how he is, but, I mean, he's never good. But you just need power. You need good hitting. It's something we've missed, really, when the pitching has struggled or the bullpen has struggled. Our hitting just hasn't helped us catch up. If you hit home runs, you'll be able to do that. Yeah, and you make a good point with the with the lineup point on the return of Eloy. Look, you got Pollock, Vaughn, and Eloy, all that can play left field, right? You see Vaughn and right sometimes. And you got Sheets in right field too, which, yes, he's not hitting the bat well. He was hot a few weeks ago. But, guys, I mean, when you have Eloy playing in left field, again, the defense terrible, not below par for pretty much the whole outfield possibilities except Luis, right? But you can put you can put Pollock in left again. He's not hitting well, but you you knew from the get go that he's a streaky player, right? And I want I want to say this. Because it's been way too long since our last episode. And I think it was that episode where I was like, with the warm weather, Pollock's going to get hot again. I, it's been a running joke because me and Zidane have a group chat with this other kid that we know. And every time Pollock got hit, I just say it's, on, it's, it's all my, I would say my fault. I mean, that seems like it's negative, but it's like, it's all because of me because I was like, the weather's going to get nice. It's summertime. Pollock's going to go crazy. He's played in Arizona and LA his whole life. And he was so hot. Oh, my God. And it was that same night where he hit a home run. And then he was hitting like crazy, but he's kind of calmed down now. But anyway, there's lots of possibilities in the corner outfield positions now with Eloy back. And listen, Vaughn has been stinging the baseball. You'll you'll look at his batting average over the past couple of weeks and you'll be like, all right, it's fine. But if you actually watch the games, he had lots of hard hit outs in San Francisco. Dude, that stadium is beautiful i mean it was it's definitely the best looking stadium and the best area around a stadium i've ever been to and i think i'm approaching 15 out of the 30 stadiums done not quite there yet but almost half and it's i have no doubt about it that that's going to be the best looking stadium but again vaughn in that stadium was fun to watch didn't didn't hit like crazy but he hit the ball hard almost every time and he continued that today and yeah i mean when he, if Eli comes back, Zidane, he's been my, I would say he's been my breakout player the past two seasons, right? In my award prediction, prediction, but he hasn't, he hasn't broken out yet. And I'm telling you, once he does, and people are doubting if it will, if it will even happen because the contract's running out and, you know, he seems like a one dimensional player with his defensive frailties, but Again, the depth now with Eloy in the outfield is going to be awesome. You saw Vaughn at first gives Abreu a day off his legs at first base, a player that's been really hot. And just to finish off this game, Zidane, the resilience from the team, absolutely absurd, was down, came back, did that about five times before the Lurie walk-off. And I, heading into extra innings, I'm like, all right, Manfred Ball is going to strike again. I'm not too happy about this. But we hold him, Jose Ruiz. And that Vaughn leaping catch to save that was Urshela double. It would have been an Urshela double. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just awesome, John. Final thoughts on this game. I mean, crazy. You know, you saw everything. Everything didn't go right, you know. Lance Lynn didn't have a very good start. He hasn't had a lot of those yet. He'll get into a rhythm. You know, the bullpen was a bit shaky. But still, 
White Sox were able to scrape out a win. They hit homers. They had the offense going. That's something you need when you're struggling, trying to get back in that wild card race, at least for the White Sox. Yeah, homers win ball games, and you see it now. I mean, you get a few RBI singles, it doesn't matter. We still lost the game. But turn 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 a few of those into home runs with a guy or two on base, and it's kind of a simple way to win ball games. But now let's wrap this whole few months into one conversation real quick. Zidane, the White Sox have not been good. Everybody knows that. There, that's my awesome analysis for today. I posted on Twitter my leaked podcast notes for today. I posted that yesterday, and I just said they suck. But, you know, looking at it more logically, because, Zidane, you see, you see guys on Twitter. You see some of our friends that watch the game. They don't think about this logically, right? Zidane, I want you to answer this question. Were we ever going to be a good defensive and base running smartness team to start the year? Can you answer me that? Yeah, exactly. Never. Never. So the fact that, and again, you can complain about that, right? Because at the end of the day, they are major league baseball players, but we were never going to be a defensive team. Dude, think about our dream lineup to start the year. No one in the outfield except Luis would have been good. I say no one. Obviously, there's only two other people that can play in the outfield at a time except Luis, but Anybody that you could put in there, no one's going to be good defensively. Even Pollock, right? He's 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 really not good defensively. I thought he was going to be like mid to above, like average or a bit above, but he hasn't. I mean, he and it's fine, right? You you would think he would hit better, and he will, but because he's streaky. But again, there's no combination in the outfield that's good. Obviously, Aloy back still not good. Grandal take a took a definite leap down in um, framing too, right? And he, he is top framing rate in baseball up there as well, up there for top framing rate along with the top catchers. But, I mean, look, Abreu, very underrated defensively. Josh Harrison, Lurie Garcia, they're fine. Josh Harrison's definitely a better defender than, than Lurie at second base. And Tim's fine, and Yohan's actually really good. But nowhere else is it's going to be good. And the most important – place you want defense other than probably shortstop is probably the outfield so with dude Gavin Sheets is atrocious out there at least he has a decent arm but again we were never ever going to be a good defensive team Zidane the only problem has been our hitting talk about that and just talk about just talk about the hitting I mean it's been too long since we talked about this and it's really power if we're going to be honest yeah, Charlie, I mean, main thing about this White Sox team has been their hitting, you know. We were really good last year, and those were the really good moments. He's like, we're injured, but we're still hitting, and we have this amazing pitching staff. We still have a really good pitching staff, but, you know, Cueto, can, he can get shaken up sometimes. Giolito hasn't been great. He started to get back in the rhythm. I think his last start was in this twin series was really good. He had those, like, his first seven outs were seven Ks. Great start. You know, he's getting back in rhythm. Cease has been incredible this entire year. But when you're coming back from injuries and just, you know, bad play generally from pitchers, main thing is, all right, we're going to give up five runs. Sure. But let's score seven or eight. That's the main thing with the White Sox. They've got to hit. That's the main thing. And especially, I want to point this out, hit at home. Just something they haven't really done. Usually, 
I think we've seen like the past two years, maybe even three, where the White Sox are just an amazing home team. Sure, they might struggle away, but when they get in that home stand, they're incredible. They start to hit. Everyone hits bombs. It's just a great team, great home splits. We haven't seen that, though. They're actually struggling at home, and I guess it's sort of counterproductive when, you know, you're going away to a team like Minnesota. You, at this point, you might expect to lose. When you're at home, you know, you should be able to grab some of those games, steal some of them off, I guess, is a sort of way of saying it, to try to climb that ladder. When you're not hitting home runs, when you're not generally hitting or scoring runs, it's very hard to win a baseball game. You know, Seas can have an amazing start, but if he gives up two runs and we score zero, it's not a recipe for a win. And then, obviously, you add in, oh, bad play, but, like, I, I honestly thought A.J. Pollock would be better if not it started to get better at this point. Gavin Sheets, I mean, I, it's kind of what I honestly expected from him. I don't – it's, like, the same problems he had last year, he's having this year, just multiplied because he's playing more. There you go. But when you're playing him a lot, when you're playing Larry Garcia, sometimes him and Josh Harrison in the same lineup, and then you maybe sometimes you have to play Reese McGuire when Grandal was still healthy. Maybe, you know, Jake Berger's been pretty good, but he's not a player you want to play consistently. When you're having these guys play a lot of games, you're just you're not going to hit. You can't have a left infield of Lurie Garcia and Josh Harrison and expect, oh, that the bottom of the order is going to do something. At this point, hopefully we can stay healthy from this point, stay relatively healthy. Obviously, injuries are going to happen. You can't blame all of it on injuries. But just hopefully, Eloy's back. Most of our guys are back. Let's start hitting. Maybe Lance can get warmed up. Pitching can keep doing what they're doing. Maybe we could start to put a string of wins. That's all I can really say, Trevor. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as simple as you make it. You hit for power, and we're right up there with the Twins. It's, it's, it's really that simple. And I guess the one thing that someone would say that as a loud motorcycle passes by my house, but the one thing you could say that is like, okay, some of our power hitters are out. Okay, yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying that if we hit 30 more home runs than, than we have this year, we would be up right there with the Twins. And 30 seems like a big number, but for the whole team and what we used to do, it's not big at all. But Grandal starting his rehab stint this week, so that's exciting. But that brings me back to when he when the Knights wore like the traffic cone jerseys and Grandal was in the rehab stint last year. That was hilarious, but. And, you know, even him and Eloy didn't start the year off well. So we, we just got to get a boost. And, yeah, great game today. Hopefully we can move on from that. But, man, the Twins are good. They're, they're, they're good. And Buxton, I mean, obviously not not including this series, but six games – or I think the first game in the series, it was included six games in a row with the home run. That's absurd. Like, the one thing – that we can't do is home runs. But the one thing that's like surprising that we can do and you wouldn't expect it on paper is good production out of the nine hole. That's been talked about a lot in lots of art sports uh, articles I've read and 
Jason Stevens has been talking about it. We're hitting for average collectively as a team pretty well, but we don't move those guys over and we don't hit them over the fence. So that's simple. But now our segment three up, three down, we're going to try to do this every week. It's just, it's a really, it's a more, I would say like more fun way to recap the week instead of doing like kind of like a series review. That's kind of what means that I decided on, but We'll start off with the negative and end with positive. Zidon, who is your third worst White Sox player of the week? Or you can kind of expand it to the start of the Angels series, if you will. I put this guy just to include him. Obviously, he's always going to be on this list as long as he's playing. I can't help it. Lurie Garcia, guess what? He's still not very good at baseball. He did come up with a clutch hit today. But, I mean, I've talked and about the Giants. Moment. And he was good. Yeah, and first the Giants. But, I mean... Specifically talking about today, again, it was just, it, of course, it was a weak ground ball. It just happened to get through. That's literally experience right there. Yeah, Charlie, he's still not very good at baseball. You know, he still sucks. Uh, the amount of playing time he gets is worrying. At this point, you know, Harrison is sort of heated up to where it's like, okay, you're not the worst player on the field. You know, at some point, can we just sort of like kick Lurie out of the lineup? Who knows? Maybe that will never happen with Tony Larusa, but um, I mean Charlie, I'll just I'll give some stats for some context. A four ninety seven OPS on the year. You know that, but just you know, sucks. Uh, I don't really like average, but sure, let's use it two hundred three. Let's go on base two thirty. Slugging, this is a nice number two sixty seven slugging. ESPN has it minus 0.64. He's minus anywhere you look. And defensively, he's like, all right. He's not crazy. He's not insane. He's just he's a, barely all right. I mean, he's, I don't even know if he's a, like a zero war defensive war player. It might possibly be negative. It's just I don't like him playing. He's almost always the worst guy there. I mean, the way – when he when you watch Louis Garcia at bat, it's, it's it's an experience to say the least. Cause you see him getting that batting stance, you're like, oh, this is a this is a contact hitter. He gets on base, but he doesn't do any of that. He swings like he hits 30 home runs a year, but he doesn't. He just sucks. I wish he would stop being in the lineup so much. But I can't help it. Usually he'd be number one, but I decided to put him because he's probably going to be on this list anytime we do it. Charlie, who is your sort of third, but your first worst player? Yeah. Lurie's always going to be in those clutch situations. It's kind of annoying. Like, I just saw a bunch of tweets on Twitter. It's like, of course, of course it's him, but whatever. My third worst player is Joe Kelly. And listen, is it on? I saw you, you're giving a little, oh, maybe I should have included that player. I don't know where he's on your list. If he's on it at all, I think he should be on everyone's list because he has at least one walk in every appearance since I think it was except one since last Tuesday, right? He, his control is below par. And again, you, I, I'll give it to him. You know, he was injured, short spring training. I understand, but I'm just judging what I'm seeing. High leverage guys cannot walk anyone, especially in extra innings. It's that simple. And 
you want more out of Joe Kelly because that sinker's great, but if you can't locate that or the curveball, he's pretty much a zero. So that's my short and sweet third worst player that I'm. I'll just skip to my second one because he was also on this list. I didn't put it in order. I just put three players. Joe Kelly, you know, you described it. I said, oh, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I put him on my list. But, yeah, I think this is more about expectation for me. I didn't expect what we're getting from Joe Kelly because he's been really, like, a lockdown player. He was a lockdown player for the Dodgers, like, the past three years, especially 2021. It was, like, one of his best seasons ever. But uh, just no control. I mean, it seems he's giving up a run almost any time you see out there. And it's for a, for a bullpen where it's like, all right, Bummer, Graveman, Kelly, these are your lockdown. All right, all right, let me take a breath of fresh air where we'd find. But it's not that when it's Joe Kelly. I still get that feeling when it's Graveman, even if he gives up a run. It's like, all right, he's still a great reliever. Liam's been amazing this year. Bummer, always, you know, he's Aaron Bummer. But Joe Kelly, I mean, come on, man. We, we need you right now. Bullpen is supposed to be a strength. It's not great right now. It's sort of a mid-bullpen. But, yeah, I just thought we would get more from him. We need, we need Bummer healthy. Like the lack of lefties in the bullpen is worrying. And if, if we're relying on Tanner Banks, man, I, it's kind of annoying. But what can you do? Bummer hurt, crochet hurt. And even those guys healthy aren't usually the best. But Bummer had good flashes this season before he got hurt. But he's a mystery, man. I don't know. What, like, he, I never know what's up with him. What, no matter what injury it is, you hear nothing about that guy. But my second worst player is Luis Robert. He has stung the baseball a little bit. But he's 8 for 30 since the Angels series. And he looks, again, this is not counting today's game. All my stats are not counting today's game, but he's eight for 30 since the Angel series. And he, he's looking like second half 2020 again, a little bit. Those outside sliders, and it's, the, it's really the one pitch. It's the one pitch. And if he can, and again, he's had good at bats, don't get me wrong. But again, like kind of Zidane made the point, it's expectation with a lot of these players. And again, a bomb today. I'm not, I'm not hating on him at all, but. He just doesn't look right at the plate. I have full confidence that he'll be back and he'll get hot again like he did last year because that's what he does. And uh, he could be one of our best players ever in, at the end of his – not at the end of his contract, but at the end of um, his career here in Chicago. I truly believe that he could be one of the best White Sox players ever, if not up there in the top five. And, again – He's probably one of the most talented, if not the most talented player we ever had. I mean, obviously there's Frank Thomas, Paul Canerico, but in terms of talent-wise, I don't think we'll ever get someone even close to him, to be honest with you, that can that is fast, hit power, hits for average. So, yeah. Zidane, what's your next player? My next player, I think my third one, yeah. it'll It's a personal one for me. You started to pick it up recently. You're starting to see that eye, that discipline, that sort of line drive hitting come back. But Yuan Mankata, for most of the time, we haven't done an episode. He's been really bad. You know, but recently, I, I think you've seen signs in this twin series, in that uh, giant series. There were signs that his discipline was coming back. It's still worrying how many fastballs he looks at in the zone. 
but thankfully now he's not striking out looking at them as much anymore. But, you know, I think, yeah, he got one hit today before he left the game. I think it was like a single to left. He, I mean, a foul ball off his leg. I, I mean, I hope it'd be very weird if he's not like just back in the lineup tomorrow. But, I mean, he he's, he provides a lot of value to this team. It's very important because he is a switch hitter, which if he is from the left side, they don't have a lot of from. He's a third baseman who plays good defense, which not a lot of their players do. So he's an important part of this lineup. He plays a very important role on the team. And, you know, just hope to see him get back to line drive hitting. Walking a bit more would be very nice, you know something that was always sort of good about you want seemed on a trajectory even when he sort of struggled sometimes last year is like all right but he's he's striking out less he's walking more which is always a good sign in the player but you've seen some signs signs he can get on base more I think he'll be fine but hey just want a little bit more out of him if my next player is not on your list that on you're doing something wrong if anyone was to make a list and did not include this player, it's biased, and that's all you can really say. My number one player, and it should be for everyone, is Tim Anderson. There is no way he is not on your list, Zidane. If, it, if, he is, if he's not, I'm kicking you off this show right now. I'm the leader of this Zoom call. You're going right out. But, dude, multiple 0 for 5, 0 for 4 games for Tim Anderson this week. And, again, it's expectation. If he's not on, we will not do anything ever it's it it's been proven ever since he, he's on the team right these past th- three to four years especially if he's not on we're not on and he hasn't been on so we've been losing games it's really simple but just to focus more on him the strikeouts are up there a little bit this past week he's not time enough timing up the fastball that well he is late on the high and inside pitches and that's kind of te- that tends it depends because there's guys like Buxton and Correa who can hit the high fastball pretty well, but Trout cannot hit the high and fastball. That's you, if you look at his, if if there's like a pitch chart, every pitch to Trout this season, it's crazy how many high and fastballs there are. And it seems like people are doing that to Tim Anderson a little bit. If you watch the games this past week, and again, there is no doubt in my mind that he'll be back. Like it's it's that sort of thing. It's kind of like Luis, but multiplied by a thousand. I mean. This this next week, Tim Anderson's going to be good again. I mean, come on. It's it's pretty simple with him. But you got to judge it off this week, and he's been pretty bad. And, again, there's not a lot of um, production, run production from the lineup anyway. But when he's not on, it's it's pretty worrying. Is it on? I had Tim Anderson as an honorable mention. Honorable mention. Wow. Because, I mean – I think people just expect him to like get on base every time. I'm not going to say he's not struggling. He's struggling, but I just I don't think he's struggling to the degree that a guy like Joe Kelly, or at least Yoan for most of the time, has been. I mean, in the Minnesota series, at least he hasn't been very good. I'll give you that. He kind of sucked at least the first two games. San Fran though, he had one game where he's out for four. But now that I'm looking at it, you know, second game, he had two hits, scored a run. And then next game, two run, scored two runs, got a double. I will say, though, main problem is striking out a bit much. Like, 
it hasn't been terrible, terrible, at least from my view. But you got to stop striking out so much. Like, at least put together good at-bats. I think sometimes it does get a bit unlucky, but still can't strike out that much. It's never good for a leadoff guy or just any player in this team's lineup. All right. We'll go for the three-up portion of this. We got the three down. Down, Zidane, who's your third best White Sox player in the past seven-ish days? Uh, well, this guy I think has just been like the best. I just included him at first. It's Jose Abreu. I mean, now 11-game hitting streak, I believe. He's just been amazing. He's been getting on base, and he's started to hit for more and more power. Eventually, you're going to see some more of those home runs begin to fall in the stands. But just great play, great consistent play, which is something you don't get a lot from this team, apparently. But it's nice to have a nice, you know, veteran presence in the three or four hole. It's just going to give you a consistent point performance each game in and out like every series plays like Jose Abreu it's nice to have a hot consistent hitter in Jose Abreu in a weird weird lineup Mm -hmm. yeah I think that was my number one player as well we'll just get that out of the way because if he wasn't your best player of the week you're not watching the games 17 for 32 since the Angels series again not counting today in Anaheim, he went five at bats without a hit and was eight for 13 in the series. That's pretty amazing. And his walk rate is higher, 12% walk rate, which is the highest of his career. You compare it to guys like Juan Soto, Juan's at like 19%, which is crazy. But again, you look at um, you look at Jordan Alvarez. Alvarez is like 13%. He's probably the highest hitter in the game right now. So you kind of compare that, and then you can really see how on fire Jose Abreu is. But now we'll go into other players that maybe aren't as good as Abreu in these past seven days, but Zan, who are your other players that you got? I'm going to extend it a little bit past those seven days, but really just to talk about, I think, his June and probably his July, Dylan Cease has been amazing for the White Sox. I mean, even when Lucas Giolito – Lance Lynn have started to struggle. And Cueto, you know, just short of progressing to normalcy in a way where he's just putting up normal stats, but it's not as great as he started. But Dylan Cease, at least in the month of June, had a 0.33 ERA, 14.8 K per nine. Obviously, it's past the, you know, Anaheim series, but it's just in general. He's been amazing for this White Sox club this entire season, specifically in this June, it's a great thing to have just a ace, a amazing pitcher for a team that, you know, Kopech starting to struggle. Julito struggled there for a bit, Lynn continuing to struggle. But Cease, you can rely on him. He's going to give you an amazing start every time. All right. Zan, you're going to – you might disagree with me on this. Again, Cease, obviously – a guy um, that you'll have on the list for, again, what you said, a little bit extended past the week. But listen, Lucas Giolito and his two starts in the past, I guess, seven, a little bit more days. In his first start in Anaheim, six innings pitched, six hits, two earned runs, six Ks. It was fine. But that San Francisco game, 
if you watch that game and watch games before, it's like, all right, there's three pitches. He's not using the repertoire as well as he did, let's say, in his best games last year. It was either the changeup or the slider that wasn't really working. But in San Francisco, all three pitches, fastball, changeup, slider, were all hitting the zone. Seven Ks and only one run. And I was there, so I wasn't like – I don't have the view that everybody else had, right, where you could see the strike zone, you could see the pitches move, like, super well. But – and I know it's really hard to notice that when you're at the games in, in real life. But you could notice it when you're there, when I, at least when I was there in San Francisco, really well. These, these hitters were early on every single changeup. They weren't seeing it at all. And I'm looking up at the scoreboard, seeing what pitch type it is. And, and I, could, I knew exactly what pitches that Giolito was throwing just based on the hitter's reaction. I'm like, all right, that's a good, that's a good low changeup swing and a miss. That's 7K's good outing for Giolito. So that's my thoughts on him. And if he's back to Giolito form, this rotation is going to be even better than it is. Zidane, next player. Surely I'm going to choose an interesting one, but I think it was mainly because of his impact on his team and his importance for a little bit of time. Kendall Graveman. Now, I won't say he's been amazing. You know, he started off the year going, like, scoreless for crazy amount of innings. But really just to have a closer without Liam Hendricks, who I think is – the top two, top three closer in baseball, having Kendall Graveman at the back end of that bullpen was so important for every White Sox game that he pitched in. Even if he did give up runs, it's still, again, I talk about it, you get this sort of feeling when you can like, all right, we can trust this guy. Like when he gets the ball, he's going to make his pitches. He's going to hit most of his spots. Even if he gives up a run, he's a good pitcher. We can trust him. Kendall Graveman was that the White Sox I mean he had a long string of like scoreless appearances before I think this twin series actually I think the first game probably I think is when he pitched and gave up runs but anyway he's been great for us to have him to bridge that gap till Liam came back was humongous he got some saves in there as well just a good player who performed well for the White Sox when they need him yeah, that's my that's my final player on the list as well, Kendall Graveman. Exactly what I had on my notes as well. Just did a great job filling in for Liam. And besides that Twins game, two hits and four appearances. Or besides the past two Twins games, I would say, because he pitched today. Two hits and four appearances and barely gave up any runs. And again, I'm not going to repeat what you said, Zidane, but he gives you that comfortability that you feel with Liam sometimes and it's even more because he throws more pitches and it's like you can kind of tell that the hitter doesn't really know what's coming and the sinker arm side run is crazy to righties so you know it's just he's a good guy to have you pay you pay for what you get or you get what you pay for if you will but you, you, you just knew it I mean you're paying a lot for this bullpen right and this bullpen not so great this whole year it doesn't look like the most expensive bullpen bullpen in baseball even though it is but it's also not the healthiest bullpen in baseball but your eighth inning guys got to be good if you want to win ball games and Kendall Graveman is that guy he, he will always be that guy and again he's secure he's locked down awesome job as a closer when Liam came in Zidane any honorable mentions also actually wait I have an honorable mention Sebi Zavala the past few games he's been awesome and 
you know, you're seeing him, Reese McGuire. McGuire played well last night. And, dude, when McGuire hits it, he hits it hard. It's kind of fun to watch him hit when he gets a hit, which is very rare. But, Zidane, anybody else? Any other thoughts the past couple weeks? I'll sort of piggyback of what you said. I'll just go those two catchers. You know, Reese McGuire, been really good defensively, like really good defensively compared to what Grandal gave us early in the season. Sabi Savala, hitting very well, getting on base pretty well. He's seeing the ball really well right now. I'm just, it's nice to have a good catcher to fill in for Yasmari Grandal rather than watching Zach Collins at bats. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, that was a very good move. I, I really like that move. McGuire, definitely an above average fielder and probably more than that. He's probably in the top category of defensive catchers this year, but I mean, that's really it. I mean, it's, it's been way too long since we did a podcast, just to look ahead. We got the Tigers tomorrow, seven ten first pitch. And you know, who's starting Dylan C. So Zidane, if he has a bad outing, I will be very, very surprised because he's always playing well against the Tigers. It's going to be – I have no idea how to pronounce. All I know is Bo Brisky, maybe? I heard Benetti say it on the broadcast today, and he's 1-6 with a almost 5 ERA. So, I mean, hopefully we should be okay. Tiger is not doing so well. But, listen, it's a Scooble versus Giolito, and then, and then Hill versus Cueto, and then – there's one more with the Tigers, and then, listen, this this Cleveland upcoming Cleveland series is very important. If you're playing the Guardians, if you're playing the Twins, you know it's going to be important. And you, my guess is you'll probably see a few pitchers duels in um, – are we – yeah, we're in Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. And, listen, just – I just need to say this. The Yankees are absurd. Like, if we – we're not going to do a look around this episode – but you, I, I don't even want to hear it, Zidane. Zidane, I had him third place this year. Third place, man. It's kind of like your hate for Cleveland. I have that with New York. And it's like, I'll never predict them to finish first, but it's almost a lock at this point. If they keep going on this pace, it's like, it's more than an 100 plus one season. And it's, it's like they've never been healthy. So they've never been this good. And now they're healthy and they're kind of what you would expect and more out of a healthy Yankees team than I'm talking about them. I mean, Charlie, you know, we know a Yankees fan. If you look at them on Twitter, you know, they wanted to fire Brian Cashman, but man, he's assembled a really good team. Like it is, I don't even think about the Yankees because you look at them, if they lose, It's, oh, wow, Yankees lost? It's just, I mean, every game, I mean, every player. Like, let's, I mean, you can go around the horn. I mean, Jose Trevino, what a pickup by them. You know, they got it for Albert Obreu, who, by the way, was DFA'd and then picked up by the range, by the Yankees again. So basically, they gave cash considerations for Jose Trevino and Albert Obreu. Jose Trevino is going to be like an all-star. He's been really good this year for them. Then Anthony Rizzo hitting 22 home runs. He's on pace to hit like 48. It's insane. DJ Mayhew back to doing what he's doing. IKF and Donaldson were like their sort of big offseason pickups, not even doing 
not even having their best seasons. But it doesn't matter because Stanton's been amazing. I don't even want to talk about what Aaron Judge is doing to baseballs. Then also just like minor pickups like Matt Carpenter. They they I think they picked him up off of waivers. He he was just sitting in AAA for the Rangers. He's like Barry Bonds. Okay. I mean, like come what is this? I mean, if they're scoring so many runs, and then also, oh, best rotation in baseball with Cole, Nestor, Severino, Tyone, Jordan Montgomery. What? Huh? Like, like, and Cole's really their only big contract. Then even, let's not even talk about the bullpen. Who needs a role this chapman? Who needs Brendan? Because you got Michael King, Lucas Lickie, I think, and yeah. then Clay Holmes as the closer. They are so good. You you rattle off those names in the starting rotation, and at the start of the year, you would say, okay, Cole and probably Nestor are going to be their only two good pitchers. You didn't even know if Nestor was consistently going to be in the starting rotation, and now it's like, wow, all five guys are good. That's something that, – that was my main point. If you look back on that podcast, I'm saying that rotation is not going to be good, and that's the biggest thing. But, yeah, we are miles away from that. I wish we were as good as the Yankees. But that's going to do it for today's episode. And we'll pro- we're going to move to weekend episodes because it's just easier that way. But, hey, every day is a weekend for us. It's summertime. The vibes are good, but not really with our team. But hopefully – Next week, we'll be talking about two, two, let's see, will Cleveland be done by then? Oh, no. Eh, maybe. I don't know. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a sweep of Detroit and a few wins off of Cleveland. But that's going to do it. It's good to be back recording episodes, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, guys.